0: Zuckerbox is skirting the law, and you won't believe how. We'll tell you about that coming up. Who is paying your rent? (laughs) Speaking of not believing, millennials, well, we'll get into it later. Who's paying millennials' rent? Hmm, guess. And is your nurse qualified to be doing his or her job? Probably not. Not. Mm. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello, happy Monday. It is the start of the work week. Full week, back to work. Chinese New Year is, well, it goes on. You know, these Chinese people, they know how to have a holiday. Chinese New Year lasts like 15 days. There's... You know, yesterday or Saturday was everybody's birthday. Sunday was the Hokkien New Year celebration. Last night's fireworks were unbelievable. Worse than the first night of Chinese New Year. They were huge and horrible and they lasted forever. Miko was beside herself. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, yeah, so um, now everybody's back to work. (laughs) And uh, that includes me. Uh, however somebody who is not back to work is our favorite furry little shiba inu friend that would be miko and this would be the miko update yeah yes the miko update where am i where'd i go there i am (laughs) this is what she looks like when she's begging for food when we have dinner yeah Uh, just sits there she's got her tennis ball she's all ready to go and she's waiting for either us to feed her something from our plates or for something to drop, in which case it barely hits the floor before she's on it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's got food there. You can see she's got her food here in the dish. Uh, that's, I think that's the box the Chinese New Year decorations uh, get stored in because we're about to put them away. And, uh, yeah, that's her waiting there for food to drop. When she has a full bowl of food sitting right there. Doesn't want it. Wants people food. She's doing great. Otherwise, Uh, she's a little nervous tonight because last night's fireworks were so bad. Uh, She was beside herself just the whole night long. I think now she thinks they're going to happen again. I don't expect there's going to be much, if anything. But... uh, she thinks so. So she's a little, a little nervous. She was hanging out in the studio. She's still hanging out just outside the door. So, our Miko update brought to you by the good folks at Barkbox.com. That is a monthly subscription service for your dog and for you. You get uh, two toys, two treat, two bags of treats, and a dog chew uh they're themed every month a new theme it'll get delivered right to your door and if you use our special link boxboxcom miko it's in our show notes down below uh, you'll get a free month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription however we've got another special deal for you if you want instead of this one free month you'll see in there there's another link where you can get a free dog bed and they are beautiful you get three different choices of fabrics Comfy, soft. Your dog will love it. You can size it small, medium, large. And it'll be free when you sign up for a multi-month subscription with BarkBox.com Miko. And uh, yeah, check them out. Look, even if you're not that interested, go over to BarkBox.com Miko. And check out the site because it's cool. They do some really cool things there. Comes with an absolute satisfaction guarantee, 100%. Anything not right, anything you're not comfortable with or you don't like, you get a hold of customer service and they will take care of it. They're very good about that. And uh, they do a great job with uh, customer service. All right, BarkBox.com slash Miko. We have a lot going on tonight. We really do. And coming up. Also, of course, we will get to our book at the end of uh, the show, the last half of the show tonight. We're reading White Fang from Jack London. This appeared in the Daily Signal. (laughs) Oh, man. By the way, to our Rumble viewers, you may see a tremendous amount of lag. There's always lag on Rumble. I don't know why. It just happens. But Rumble has been sadly... Uh, the victim of a huge amount of DDoS attacks in the last few days, it's messing up the site. They've recovered, they put the right things in place, hopefully, to ward off these stupid, ridiculous. You know, because we have a place where you can say what's on your mind, we have absolute free speech, conservatives have a voice in addition to liberals. Both you're all welcome on Rumble. Sign up. Make your own channel. Do your own show. Why not? Nothing's stopping you, and it's free. So anyway, uh, they have been the subject of these DDoS attacks, and so consequently, servers are having a tough time keeping up, and the show may be a bit laggy tonight. I actually had trouble getting it set up to go live tonight. had to do that a few times before it actually started working. So the Daily Signal is the name of the site. That is the link in our show notes under In Today's Show. An alliance of big tech dark money groups partners with counties in a state that bans Zuckerbuck's in elections. Mm, Now, the group that distributed most of Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg's controversial election grants back in 2020 has designated at least two Utah counties as part of a new effort, despite a state ban State bans private money from funding election operations, and yet these Zuckerbucks folks are looking at two Utah counties to focus on. The two local jurisdictions are Cache County, population of 137,000, and Weber County, uh, 267,000 people. Uh, the U.S. Alliance for Education Excellence a group launched by the Center for Tech and Civic Life and other left-leaning organizations, designated Utah counties as, as included in their plans for the 2024 election. Utah does not allow private money funding election operations. They're skirting around the law. In 2022, the Utah legislature passed. Governor uh, Cox signed into law SB 219, and it simply says the bill prohibits an election officer from soliciting, accepting, or using funds donated for an election by a person other than a government entity. <clears throat> for example, Zuckerbox They're leading the election alliances effort Partner organizations funded by left wing dark money groups, Arabella Advisors, and the Democracy Fund. Yeah, right. Uh, The Daily Signal reported an alliance previously announced the participation of 10 other jurisdictions, which each got known grants ranging from 500,000 to 3 million USD. The Utah law would likely prohibit any election-related grants. One of the officials there from uh, Cache County said, I would expect that would exclude us from that, and we're not searching for any grants. This is just a networking opportunity to connect with other election officials about the best way to secure elections. Read this article. Check it out. Zuckerberg and his bullcrap are just doing everything they can, in spite of the fact the law says they can't, to sway elections, to basically dilute your vote, to make sure that how you feel about an election doesn't matter because they got the money, and that's what counts. You know, Carrie Lake is still going at it in Arizona. I love this woman because this illegitimate governor who's sitting in the seat right now uh, really needs to go. And Carrie Lake needs to, they, they need to redo at least the Maricopa County election. It is insane the kind of crap that's been going on there. She's still fighting the fight and she promises she will take it all the way to the Supreme Court. Good on you, Carrie Lake. More power to you. I could not support you more. All right, Blaze Media, theblaze.com is our next story. And <laughs> you, well, maybe you will believe this. With my audience, maybe I think you will believe it. A poll has found almost a quarter of millennials get their rent paid by their parents. Millennials. These are not kids. These are not teenagers. Others get groceries and utilities paid. Unbelievable. A poll measured how many millennials are getting their bills paid by their parents. The ones that aren't living in mommy's basement already. They found that nearly one-fourth, 25%, got help paying the rent. One poll survey conducted on behalf of uh, chartway credit union 24% of millennials say their parents pay their rent 39% of millennials said they struggled to find information and other resources to help with their finances 11% of baby baby boomers said the same that's a big difference the survey found some regional financial differences. 69% of the respondents uh northeast where I'm from, Connecticut, said they earn money to help by helping their neighbors. But only 43% in the southeast, Florida, Georgia, those areas said the same thing. Wow. They said the poll shows that adults need more financial education. No, you need to get your ass up and go out and get a job so you can afford the rent and the electric bill. 85% of the respondents see themselves as financially responsible when it comes to things like credit scores, savings. Ironically, 50%, half of them, struggle with unnecessary spending or unbudgeted expenses, and 40% struggle to remember to pay bills on time. 40%. Can't remember to pay the bills on time? Now, it's one thing if you don't have the money, but you just can't remember. What the hell's the matter with you? Millennials. Millennials, that's what's the matter with you. You've been coddled. You've been given participation trophies. You've never had to work for or fight for nearly anything in your life. Everything's been handed to you on a platter. And so you expect that's just going to keep going. Here's another one from Blaze Media. This is insane. I have stayed in hospital A few times, I had a hernia operation. That was my last hospital trip. I wound up in hospital several years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, with all kinds of horrible things. They actually thought I was going to literally die. Strangely enough, apparently I didn't. I'm still here causing trouble. But it was pretty close for a while. I will never forget that time. It was uh, humbling, to say the least. Anyway, uh, the nurses were amazing. They were absolutely incredible. The nurses and doctors were all absolutely top-notch. Well, that might not be the case so much anymore. Get a load of this headline. 7,600 fake diplomas were purchased by aspiring nurses. They bought their diplomas. They didn't study They didn't learn anything. They simply paid the bucks and got the diploma. And multiple schools apparently are involved in this employment shortcut scheme. That according to the Department of Justice. Dang. Thousands, potentially, thousands of practicing nurses currently employed with fake diplomas. According to the Department of Justice, on Wednesday, just last Wednesday, the agency announced charges against more than two dozen individuals alleged to have been involved in an illegal licensing scheme that issued aspiring nurses with unearned diplomas from three accredited nursing schools in Florida. Wow. Uh, According to the U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of Florida, Mackenzie LaPointe, not only is this a public safety concern, it also tarnishes the reputation of nurses who actually completed the demanding clinical and coursework required to get their professional licenses and employment. True that. These people bust their butts studying, learning to get their diplomas and degrees. And somebody else just paid some money and and they got theirs. A fraud scheme like this erodes public trust in our health care system. Boy, does it ever. It's an alleged wire fraud scheme, which occurred between 2016 and 2021. Five years of this crap going on. Three South Florida schools, including Siena College, Palm Beach School of Nursing, and the Sacred Heart Institute, uh, International Institute, those schools are now closed. Good. They accuse the uh, charged individuals of selling fake diplomas for $15,000 each. Then again, at the cost of an education, that's pretty cheap. 15 grand. An employment shortcut for aspiring nurses. Each defendant now faces up to 20 years in jail. Ouch. Ouch. No, seriously. You know, nurses do a great deal of the work that uh, doctors don't. Honestly, they take more often, they take more care of you than the doctors do. The doctors come in once a day for rounds and off they go. The nurses are there 24-7. And uh, the fact that a lot of them may well not be qualified, may have bought their degrees. That's scary toast. All right. We got more scary toast for you. Digital IDs. I know. I know. I hear from you. You're tired of hearing about digital IDs. Well, I'm not because they are a danger. They are a rabbit hole that we should never go down They're going to happen. They're going to happen no matter what you or I do about it, no matter how much we bitch and protest. They're going to happen. You are going to get forced to use a digital ID. You should fight against it in every and any way you can. But they're going to convince you that it's, oh, it's convenient. It's for your safety. It'll make your life so much easier. And in New York where digital IDs are just moments from happening, they've hired someone to convince you. Check this out. It's from the reclaimthenet.org. They're hiring a chief customer experience officer to oversee their digital ID plans for access to services and more. New York state authorities plan to digitize access to various services and benefits and streamline it, launching a single digital ID. Here we go. Oh, my God. The authorities are trying to sell this to the citizens under the label of improving customer experience and alleviating customer frustration. What they don't tell you about is how they can track everything and anything you buy, anything you use money for, they will know it. It appears that no customer experience is complete without a chief customer experience officer. So taxpayers can look forward to paying for one. Yes, you're paying for it with your tax dollars. Says one, uh, Kathy Hochul, the fake governor of New York, says... One will be hired shortly. The actual job description is either still not available to the public, or they haven't defined it yet, but neither one has the officer's exact role or the money that they're going to need to fund this ridiculous scheme. Nevertheless, all this made possible thanks to a state executive order that Hochul said she intends to sign, the order being the first in New York's history that deals with customer experience. It's for your safety. It's for your convenience. It'll make your life so much better. Just bend over and let me shove this digital ID where the sun don't shine. And you're going to like it. (laughs) It's just nuts. It's insane. Sorry, coffee break time. I. What was the Terminator movie? Where the the uh, antagonist was that cop who could like liquefy into metal? There was something with him going through like the bars of a jail cell or something. Was it the first Terminator movie? I think it was. That was an incredible special effect, as, you know, it was many, many, many years ago, but even for that time, the effects in that Terminator film were huge. Well, believe it or not, it's coming true. Not kidding. This is from The Daily Wire, and it is freaky, to say the least. A robot has liquefied, and then reformed itself. Not kidding. Exactly the, well, I mean, it takes a lot longer, but exactly the way it happened in that Terminator movie. Maybe not as slick. I got video coming up. Hang on. This is the weirdest ever thing. A recent breakthrough, scientists have created a robot that can transition back and forth between solid and liquid states. It allows it to navigate through obstacles and environments. Researchers applied the technology in a few different scenarios, and the robot was able to navigate obstacle courses and deliver and retrieve objects to and from a human, a model human stomach, not a real one. They used a model. They even constructed a version of the robot that looks like a Lego minifigure, which was able to escape a cage by, I'm not kidding, wait till you see this video, by liquefying, sliding through the bars, and then restoring itself to its original form. This is absolutely the freaky, take a look at this, this is a video, Uh, there's no sound. They've got the, you see the little Lego-looking figure? This is made out of that special metal. And watch what happens. There's a bit of time-lapse that goes on here. But you see it? Now it's starting to melt. And it is literally liquefying and pouring through the bars of this little mini fake jail cell. There it goes. This is time-lapse, you'll see. It took a while, but the thing gets together on the other side, and then over time, all the little bits of the liquid, look at that, begin to reform, and there, back into its original shape. How freaky is that? Unbelievable. this That's not a fake video. That's a scientific video from the research people that put that thing together that is insane if you're listening on the podcast can't encourage you enough the link is in our show notes go check out this article from the daily wire and look at the video yourself it is absolutely incredible this is the latest technology a metal that can liquefy itself go through places it couldn't otherwise, and then reform into its original shape. This is insane. Absolutely unbelievable. Wow. This is crazy. All right. Uh, We're going to move on over to our... uh... (laughs) To our book tonight. I'm floored by that story, by the way. That is just, if you can't tell, I'm just, when I saw that earlier today, it was like, you have to be kidding. This cannot be real. But I researched it. It's 100% real. That's actually happened. Can you imagine what the next step will be with this thing? Let's hope it's for some good and not bad. But, wow. That's, that's insane. (laughs) All right, let's get on to our book. huh? We're a little early, but that's fine. We read books on this show, if you didn't know that already. We've done uh, The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, uh, The Little Prince. We've done so many amazing books. And right now, we've been reading White Fang. It was originally written by Jack London back in 1906. It is one of the all-time classics. It's right up there with Treasure Island and, and all those great uh, great books. And this one... Rather interesting take, uh, not the usual sort of um, sort of book. It's written from the viewpoint of the animals, uh, how animals view their world. It's very in your face sometimes because the life of the animal kingdom is in your face. Uh, White Fang examines the very violent world of wild animals and the equally violent world of humans. This is a writing from the, uh, from the book. Uh, also explores the topics of morality and redemption. And it's also a really cool story. Now, we've been talking about the little gray cub, because that's what this second section is, a lot of it is about. And we're up to chapter 5 in part 2 of uh, White Fang, and it's called The Law of the meat. The cub's development was rapid. He rested for two days, then ventured forth from the cave again. It was on this adventure that he found a young weasel whose mother he'd helped eat, and he saw to it that the young weasel went the way of his mother. But on this trip he didn't get lost. When he grew tired he found his way back to the cave and slept and every day thereafter found him out, ranging in a wider area. He began to get accurate measurements of his strength and his weakness, and to know when to be bold and when to be cautious. He found it expedient to be cautious all the time, except for the rare moments when, assured of his own intrepidity, he abandoned himself to petty rages and lust. He was always a little demon of fur when he chanced upon a stray ptarmigan. Never did he fail to respond savagely to the chatter of the squirrel he'd first met on the blasted pine. While the sight of a moose bird almost invariably put him into the wildest of rages, for he never forgot the peck on his nose he'd received from the first of that ilk he'd encountered. But there were times when even the moose bird failed to affect him, and those were times when he felt himself to be in danger from some other prowling meat hunter. He never forgot the hawk, and its moving shadow always sent him crouching into the nearest thicket. He no longer sprawled and straddled, and already he was developing the gait of his mother, slinking and furtive. Apparently without exertion, yet sliding along with a swiftness that was as as deceptive as it was imperceptible. In the matter of meat, his luck had always been in the beginning. The seven ptarmigan chicks and the baby weasel represented the sum of his killings. His desire to kill strengthened with, dead, with the days, and he cherished hungry ambitions for the squirrel that chattered so vulgarly and always informed all wild creatures that the wolf club cub was approaching. But as the birds flew in the air, squirrels could climb trees, and the cub could only try to crawl unobserved upon the squirrel when it was on the ground. Well, the cub entertained a great respect for his mother. She could get meat. "'never failed to bring him his share. "'And further, she was unafraid of things. "'It didn't occur to him that this fearlessness "'was founded upon experience and knowledge. "'Its effect on him was that of an impression of power. "'His mother represented power, "'and as he grew older he felt this power "'in the sharper admonishments of her paw. "'While the reproving nudge of her nose... "'gave place to the slash of her fangs. "'For this, likewise, he respected his mother. "'She compelled obedience from him, "'and the older he grew, the shorter grew her temper. "'Famine came again, "'and the cub with clearer conscience "'knew once more the bite of hunger. "'The she-wolf ran herself thin in the quest for meat.' She rarely slept any more in the cave, spending most of her time on the meat trail, and spending it vainly. This famine was not a long one, but it was severe while it lasted. The cub found no more milk in his mother's breast, nor did he get one mouthful of meat for himself. Before, he'd hunted in play, for the sheer joyousness of it. And now, he hunted in deadly earnestness found nothing. Yet the failure of it accelerated his development. He studied the habits of the squirrel with greater carelessness. He strove with greater craft to steal upon it, surprise it. He studied the wood mice and tried to dig them out of their burrows. Then he learned much about the ways of moose birds and woodpeckers. There came a day when the hawk's shadow, did not drive him crouching into the bushes. He'd grown stronger and wiser and more confident. Also, he was desperate. So he sat on his haunches, conspicuously in an open space, and challenged the hawk down out of the sky. For he knew that there, floating in the blue above him, was meat, and meat his stomach yearned after so incessantly. But the hawk refused to come down and gave battle. The cub crawled away into a thicket and whimpered his disappointment and his hunger. The famine broke. The she-wolf brought home meat. It was strange meat, different from any she'd ever brought before. It was a lynx kitten, partly grown, like the cub, but not so large. And it was all for him. "'His mother had satisfied her hunger elsewhere, "'though he didn't know that it was the rest of the lynx litter "'that had gone to satisfy her. "'Nor did he know the desperateness of her deed. "'He knew only that the velvet-furred kitten was meat, "'and he ate and waxed happier with every mouthful. "'A full stomach conduces to inaction, "'and the cub lay in the cave,' "'sleeping against his mother's side. "'He was aroused by her snarling. "'Never had he heard her snarl so terribly. "'Possibly in her whole life "'it was the most terrible snarl she ever gave. "'There was reason for it, "'and none knew it better than she. "'A lynx's lair is not despoiled with impunity. "'In the full glare of the afternoon light,' Crouching in the entrance of the cave, the cub saw the lynx mother. The hair rippled up along the back at his sight. Here was fear, and it did not require his instinct to tell him of it. And if sight alone were not sufficient, the cry of rage the intruder gave, beginning with a snarl and rushing abruptly upward into a hoarse scream was convincing enough in itself. The cub felt the prod of the life that was in him and stood up and snarled valiantly by his mother's side, but she thrust him ignominiously away and behind her because of the low-roofed entrance the lynx could not leap in, and when she made a crawling rush of it, the she-wolf sprang upon her and pinned her down the cub saw very little of the battle there was a tremendous snarling and spitting and screeching the two animals thrashed about the lynx ripping and tearing with her claws and using her teeth as well and while the she-wolf used her teeth alone once the cub sprang in and sank his teeth into the hind leg of the lynx. He clung on, growling savagely. Though he didn't know it by the weight of his body, he clogged the action of the leg and thereby saved his mother much damage. A change in the battle crushed him under both of their bodies and wrenched loose his hold. The next moment, the two mothers separated, and before they rushed together again, The lynx lashed out at the cub with a huge forepaw that ripped his shoulder open to the bone and sent him hurtling sideways against the wall. And then was added to the uproar the cub's shrill yelp of pain and fright. But the fight lasted so long that he had time to cry himself out and to experience a second burst of courage. End of the battle found him again clinging to the hind leg and furiously growling between his teeth. The lynx was dead, but the she-wolf was very weak and sick. At first she caressed the cub, licked his wounded shoulder, but the blood she had lost had taken with her her strength. And for all of a day and a night, she lay by her dead foe's side, without movement, scarcely breathing. For a week, she never left the cave, except for water, and then her movements were very slow and painful. At the end of that time, the lynx was devoured, while the she-wolf's wound had healed sufficiently to permit her to take to the meat trail again. The cub's shoulder was stiff and sore. For some time he limped from the terrible slash he'd received, but the world now seemed changed. He went about it with great confidence and a feeling of prowess that had not been his in days before the battle with the lynx. He'd looked upon life in a more ferocious aspect. He had fought. He'd buried his teeth in the flesh of a foe, and he'd survived. And because of all this, he carried himself more boldly, with a touch of defiance that was new in him. He was no longer afraid of minor things, and much of his timidity had vanished. Though the unknown never ceased to press upon him with its mysteries and terrors, intangible, and ever-menacing. He began to to accompany his mother on the meat trail, and he saw much of the killing of meat and began to play his part in it. And in his own dim way, he learned the law of meat. There were two kinds of life, his own kind and the other kind. His own kind included his mother and himself. The other kind included all live things that moved. But the other kind was divided. One portion was what his own kind killed and ate. This portion was composed of the non-killers, small killers. The other portion killed and ate his own kind, or was killed and eaten by his own kind and out of this classification arose the law the aim of life was meat life itself was meat life lived on life there were the eaters and the eaten the law was eat Or be eaten. He did not formulate. Law in clear set terms. and Moralize about it. He didn't even think about the law. He merely lived the law. Without thinking about it. At all. Wow. And we will continue. With. White Fang. Coming up. In our next stream, which is on uh, Wednesday night, yeah, all right. Hope you're enjoying that. It's a great book, and uh, we'll continue that on on Wednesday. Cool beans. All right, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Thank you so much for popping by. Please, if I could just take a moment to ask you to go right over there, especially if you're on Rumble. We need we're now on the J. Sheldon Show channel, not on the J. Sheldon account. So I need all folks who have followed me on the Jay Sheldon channel to move over to the Jay Sheldon show channel. Just takes a second, click on the Jay Sheldon show. And then right over there, you'll see the follow button. Just give it a click. It's free. And it really helps to show out a lot. So I don't do a lot of begging, but I got to beg for a moment because I get hundreds of views on this channel, but not so many people have followed us yet. So I really, really need you to do that. It's right over here that little button that says follow, just give it a click. You're good to go. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of this old wrinkled heart. All righty. I will see you again on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your week. This is The Jay Sheldon Show. Good night.